0: Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. I'm Carrie And
1: I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee.
0: This is episode number 28. Today we're talking about movement and dance in the music room. We'll also share highs and lows from our week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our
1: CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of favorite things we've been enjoying in and out of the music room.
0: So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. Now it's time to talk about our high notes and low notes. Tanya, would you yeah. like to
1: start? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, well, we're on Thanksgiving break right now. yeah Thanksgiving is tomorrow and we've been lucky to be have been on break since Monday. so yes. we had Monday off Tuesday anyway this whole week traditionally we get this whole week off in our district and I'm very very thankful because I see lots of people are still going to school. And even Monday today, and Monday and Tuesday. No, I saw some people on Instagram. Wednesday? Yes. Oh,
0: that's horrible. No. Sorry, people. I know.
1: Yes, I feel you. Um, but we have been very lucky. So it's whenever I've been a couple days out of school, it's like I can't remember anything that happened. <laughs> but my, my high that I would like to share is actually personal and professional, that I'm getting some range back Yay. in my voice, and I'm getting some volume back in my voice, and I'm trying not to push it. Um, and... I went to a laryngologist who put a camera up my nose and down my throat. That's fun and creepy. It is fun and creepy and fascinating. I mean, they numb you up, so it's not that bad. Um, there's no pain. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, he had me, like, phonate and hold out vowels and, like, my range. He, and he took a video of it and showed me afterwards. And he said, everything's fine. Everything's on track. My cords are just weak. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's what I expected, but uh, it was just nice to get that. And then he's like, "Well, do you have any questions?" And I asked him a couple things. And I said, "Um, "Can I have that video?" Yeah. Oh, did you get to keep it? I got a thumb drive of the video. Oh, how cool! I know. I had a thought about posting it on Instagram, but then I thought we might lose some people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some people get a little grossed out by watching vocal cords in action. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's fun.
1: Yeah. So anyway. you're getting better. I'm getting better. And, and even a couple of days before I had this appointment, I had half a mind to can- cancel it because I noticed I had been getting some more. I can sing like almost to an A above C, which is big for me. Woohoo! I mean, for now. Yeah. yeah. And I've got more volume.
0: Yeah. And considering, I mean, the short amount of time.
1: Yeah. And he said it can take up to 12 months, actually. Wow. I'm like, okay. Thanks for telling me. That's and he even said scary. there's no vocal exercises you can do that's going to bring it back faster.
0: Okay. Just
1: patience. Just patience. But I, I have to say, um, really nice doctor, but I was a little weirded out because he used the term voice box a couple of times. Oh. And uh, like I learned in vocal ped, we don't actually have a voice box. Right. We have chords. So I was like, why is he saying that? Yeah. Uh, and then later on, he said, well, and your falsetto. Oh. Like, no, I don't My have falsetto, that. i falsetto. I'm a girl. <laughs> I have I'm, a head voice. I have a head voice. Interesting. So I thought that was weird. and interesting yeah so,
0: okay that's maybe it. it's just like the way <laughs> medical folks think about it versus or maybe that's how they singers. talk to their
1: pa- i don't i don't know why you'd want to spread misinformation to your patients that but is odd. i don't know anyway um so <laughs> that was after he stuck camera up my nose and down my throat maybe if i had heard it before i'd be you like you'd have
0: been like and i need to go now. <laughs> yeah
1: I'm going to take my voice box I'm elsewhere. I'm going to take my voice box. My to voice somewhere box else. and my falsetto elsewhere. Oh. Uh, but no, I mean, other than that, he seemed
0: perfectly legit. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, that was my high. My Yay. voice is coming back. Yay. Oh, good. Mm.
0: Well, I have a high to share as well. Oh, so we're all about the happiness right now. We are so happy. Probably because we're on break and we've had two cups of coffee. This is so my far. yeah two and a half.
1: Two and a half. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So my choir at my school had our we had our first gig, our first performance, and this mm-hmm. was a big deal for a couple of reasons. So, um, this is my first year really doing choir at the school, and I really wasn't sure how many students I would get and if I could hold their interest. And I'm excited to say I've got like 35 kiddos going strong, which I feel like is good for our first year. Very good. And um, our first performance was actually outside of school. There is an organization within our um, county that raises money for food and food bag items to give to students within our county. And our students at our school are recipients of this. They put together bags of food to send home with kids on like Thursday afternoons Mm -hmm. to kind of help get their families through the weekend. Because we have such a high level of free and reduced lunch kiddos. So anyways, this is a community um, of people and an organization that directly affects our school community. So it was really exciting to be able to give back. So they had like a fundraiser gala dinner. And we were their entertainment. And so, you know, it was a little nerve wracking being that it was the first performance of the choir. And... It was outside of school for strangers that the kids didn't know. Were they, like,
1: eating while you're performing and did everything stop? They had
0: eaten before. Okay. Yeah, and everything stopped. But they were still, like, at their tables with, like, their their drinks and their water. But they were very quiet and very... I mean, extremely attentive. Nice. Um, And it was just really exciting because, you know, it was like at a hotel, you know, which was a good 10, 15-minute drive from my actual school. Uh So I thought, I have no idea how many kids are going to show up. It was a Saturday night. Oh, wow. so it was was a bit of a gamble. How many kids? But I think I had like 30 of the 35 show up. Yeah, I had told the organization... That I was hoping like twenty five would come, and I think I had thirty of them come. So it was really really exciting. We had our choir shirts for the first time, and some of the kids really like did it up because our choir shirts are green because that's one of our school colors. And some of them showed up with like green ribbons and bows in their hair. The one downside was because this was like a gig within this dinner. There, the parents really couldn't come in and listen. Uh-huh. There really wasn't a space for them to do so, and I had all these parents show up, and even though I tried to tell them there really isn't gonna be room, they still all showed up mm-hmm. with siblings, like the whole deal. And right. so like, right before we went in to sing and I looked at the space and saw there's really no room, I said to the parents, you know, we're gonna do this exact same performance in December at school, so unless you know for sure you can't be at that performance, can you please just wait in the hallway? And I promise you'll get to see them sing another time. And most of the parents were very understanding. I had a couple parents come in and listen because they said, well, I can't be there in December. And I said, well, that's fine. But uh-huh. you'll just have to stand in the back. Yeah. But anyways, the kids did really, really well. I was super proud of them. Yay. And it really just reinvigorated. Because, you know, there's kind of this lull when you've been rehearsing for so long mm-hmm. and there's no performance. They start to kind of feel like, well, what's the point, yeah. you know? So having that performance at that time was perfect because now they're excited for our December performance. Uh-huh. Awesome.
1: And it's time for our main theme. Today's topic is movement and dance. And this is um, a result of a poll that we took for our-
0: First anniversary First anniversary, Yep. Which is right now. Which is right now. Happy anniversary to us, Tanya. Happy
1: anniversary. There <laughs> should be liquor in my coffee, right? I know,
0: we could cheers. We'll, we'll do that <laughs> we later. We can do
1: that later. Um, so yeah, we're talking about uh, move creative movement and organized movement.
0: Well, and let's mention the poll real quick. Yes. Because we want to clarify something. So on the poll, actually, the number one topic that people voted for was what I call, quote-unquote, the other stuff. Other stuff. How to teach the other stuff, like expressive elements and tone color and and form. form and things like that. And when Tanya and I were talking about it, it kind of occurred to us that maybe that is... A lot of things to talk about in one episode. too big for
1: one episode, so we're going to break it down.
0: We're going to, in in January when we come back from the holidays, we're going to do a series of episodes Mm -hmm. um, breaking it down, those expressive elements. So I believe we're going to start with
1: expressive elements, like dynamics and tempo. Right. And then we'll have another show where we're talking specifically about timbre and instruments of the mm-hmm. orchestra and other instruments.
0: Yeah, and specifically how you weave that, especially into a kodai inspired. Right, because, because I that know that during
1: Kodai training, and I'm not sure, maybe it's different elsewhere, but there is some talk about weaving in the other elements, mm-hmm. but it's um, definitely secondary to teaching... Yeah rhythmic and melodic concepts. Right,
0: how to be more intentional about that. So if you voted for that one, never fear, we've got you covered, but it's gonna be after the holidays and we're gonna go big.
1: Yeah, we just wanted to give it its due respect. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, but movement and dance was a close second, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes,
1: and it's kind of funny because we're podcast, right? Talking about the movement and dance.
0: Yeah, we recognize that you know it's going to be hard. So today we're going to really just give you some ideas and maybe point you to some resources. And oh, then yes. Tanya and I are going to try to do lots of Instagram videos, um, either just us or maybe filtered with our students, so you can actually see some of these things in action. Yes. So let's start by talking about different types of movement activities that we can do so we've got room.
1: these two big categories yeah of uh creative movement right and movement that is um up to the the mover right um and left to the students but right within a structure right and then also organized movement like maybe a um double circle dance right or a long way set dance yeah so there's so much to talk about with these two things that we're going to just barely touch upon both of them. But we're going to start with creative movement, which is something that, as a Kodai-inspired teacher, I will admit that I don't have as much experience right. as definitely an ORF or a uh, delcros inspired right. teacher.
0: And I have taken um, a two-week Delcros class at Colorado State University with Fritz Anders and Dr. Bonnie Jacoby as my yes. teachers. And it was wonderful. I don't have my certification. And that class was a few years ago. And I will be completely honest, you know, after having my Kodai teaching so ingrained in me, it's hard to embrace a new philosophy and take it back to your classroom and wholeheartedly do it. So I've definitely sprinkled some things in, but I would not say by any stretch of the imagination that I consider myself to be a dog Well, and that's
1: a whole other podcast that we could get into that we're not going to talk about. But I mean, in a nutshell, I will say that I... I have used creative movement, and I enjoy using creative movement. And just like anything, any activity that I might have gotten from an ORF workshop or a conference or DelCros something, everything that I do in my classroom is through a Kodai lens. Yes, absolutely. So just because I have kids doing creative movement for during a class period, and or we're adding instruments to something doesn't mean that um, today we're in ORF classroom, right? It just means that you're we're using
0: the tool of right. another philosophy exactly. To support and that's the one that you're really And Carrie improving. and
1: I have had a lot of these conversations off the mic because yes. it just keeps coming up and keeps coming up. Um, that maybe in the future we need to talk about philosophies, right? And the difference between a philosophy and a methodology, yeah, and you know, where we're coming from because. Right. While I think it's really important to know and have the knowledge of a lot of different things, I, I really think that when it comes down to teaching in a music classroom, um, you should have a vision and you should have a philosophy backing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to digress. It gives you
0: some structure. Well, it right. Does, yeah. Well, so to bring it back to today's topic, when I use these what I you know quote unquote and inspired activities, mm-hmm. I generally use them with lower grades, and it tends to come up a lot when I am teaching those expressive elements, or in kindergarten and early first grade when I'm teaching those opposite things, so fast and slow, mm-hmm. loud and soft, high and low. I find myself using those movement stories and a lot more of those creative things. Okay. So for example, yes, and I know maybe. You know, you've heard this spiel before, but for when I'm teaching fast and slow, I often use the story of the tortoise and the hare. And I did a whole IGTV, Instagram stories. So if you follow us on Instagram, although it does pop up on Facebook as well. Uh So if you follow us on either Instagram or Facebook, I did put a video out there with the songs and how I break down the story to teach fast and slow. But I just find that giving the kids, you know, the structure of kind of what I'm looking for, it's not just okay. I'm gonna play some music and go. Mm -hmm. I definitely lead the kids, as any good teacher would, Mm -hmm. to kind of what I want them to do. But I'm not going to actually show them how I want them to move like a rap or how I want them to move like the tortoise. I think I do tell them I want the rabbit to be on their feet and the tortoise to be down crawling. But then, I mean, there's still lots of creativity within there. But what I'm looking for then is that, you know, informal assessment is I'm looking to see are they actually moving fast when the music's fast and slow when the music's slow. Right, exactly. And so you can do, you know, lots of different stories. You know, Aesop's Fables are great for those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Any picture books that can draw in some of those you know, things like you can talk about fast and slow with a little engine that could. Right. You know, there's lots of ways to do it. And then it's up to you as the music teacher to provide the music for it. Right. Whether that be through composed music that you know or you just improvising.
1: And, and- then traditionally in Adele Crow's classroom, mm-hmm. it's the music teacher who's at the piano. Yes. For a lot of it. Yeah. Who is um, playing how they should be right. moving. Right.
0: And for those of you that that might sound scary, when you when you do your any sort of dull crows training, one thing that they really focus on is how to do that because you know we're not all trained pianists. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and so you know learning how to improvise in a way that's accessible and not—it's really scary, all about the black keys. It <laughs> is, and that's really what I was taught: is you know just playing your little ditties on the black keys. But it's everything so true because I, in a I, scale. when I do
1: any of these things, I tend to be like. On the black keys a lot. Yeah. And there are certain keys that I favor because they're easier. Right. But it doesn't matter because I'm not asking them to sing. Yeah. Right? And Um, I think
0: once I got over that fear and I just started doing it more and more with my kids, you know, it's so funny because the way I have my, my piano position in my classroom... Um, you know, it's facing out. So I'm behind the piano and I'm looking out at the classroom. Well, the first couple of times I do this with kindergarten, they'll, you know, for hopping like rabbits, for example, they'll kind of hop over to the piano and then they will all start peeking around because oh, they just want to see what I'm doing. And no matter what I'm doing, they're amazed. Mm. They think it's so awesome. So, you know, just if you're afraid of the piano piece, my suggestion is don't be, no. and just go for it because no one cares.
1: No one cares. And I've got big stage fright with the Piano—it's really interesting. I can do a lot of things in front of people. Public speaking doesn't bother me, but if you put me at the piano in front of anyone, I kind of, you know, am not able to play like I can if no one's in the room. Right. But I, yeah, I can, I can do what I need to do. I can get by and do some of these creative movement things, and it's really so much fun for me, even you know, just at the piano. Yeah. Um. And the kids—they just totally embrace that. Right. Um. Another aside, I was going to say about the piano playing. This kind of ties in, is that this time of year, I um, take off the lid of the piano and I show them the inside because I... We we do some listening lessons, and one of them is dance of the sugar plum fairy. Oh And we right. talk about the celeste, and we talk about the difference between a piano and a celeste. And this is when I take everything off that I can. Yeah. And I let them see inside. Oh and, how cool! Yeah. So um, that's kind of a, a fun extra thing. Yeah. If we're focused on the piano and yeah. Hey, we should have saved that for like the timbre. Bit. <laughs> well,
0: we'll talk about that then too. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: It's also fun. I've actually already done it with some grades because my older grades, during the Halloween time, Mm -hmm. I play um, uh, Henry Cowell's The Banshee. Okay. You know that piece? I don't. It's prepared piano. Oh, okay. And it's like, I don't know, like a three-minute play piece, and it's very creepy. Yeah. And it's all on piano, but not playing any keys at all. Right. It's like strumming the strings and scraping the strings and plucking the strings, and I don't play it for anyone younger than like third and under mm-hmm. because it truly is creepy. Yeah. Um, but we listen to it and we talk about what instrument it could be. And, you know, because they don't associate strings with a piano. And then we take it apart. We take the piano lid off as much as we can. And we look at those and, Fun. and I scrape a little bit and pluck a little bit. But I always say, if you have one of these at home. To, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. But the sad thing is, most of them, if they have anything, they've got a keyboard and not. They've a got piano. a keyboard.
0: Yeah, they're not dealing with the actual strings. But
1: anyway, I digress. Piano playing that's cool. with these movement things is excellent. Yeah. But you can also use recorded, um, recorded music. music. Yeah. And I know that Carrie also does a lot of beat activities to recorded music. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of ways you can approach beat leader activities. Right. And. Especially with those kindergarten, first grade, and even on up, getting them to like keep a beat with something that's really strong, beat centered, is an excellent thing for them to be able to listen and pick up and do. And you can have lots of different ways to approach this. So, like right. for kindergarten, I have done uh, where we pass the beat. Uh-huh. So. We'll listen to something like "Root Beer Rag," which is an excellent piece by Billy Joel, mm-hmm. and I was going to play a second of it anyway. Um, and it's a great tempo for them to feel. And so we'll stand in a circle, and I'll say, "Okay, well, um, Sally's first, and whatever she does, we've got to we've got to do. However she keeps the beat, we've got to keep the beat." Right. And then when you hear my, I usually use a, the vibra slap. You know the. Blah, 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 blah thing. Yeah. Uh, whenever you hear that, then it's the next person's turn. Oh, that's cute. But I should back up and say, before you do any kind of beat leader activities, you need to give them a vocabulary right. of movement. Right. Right. So you need to have a good amount of time, within that same class period, where they're just following you, mm-hmm. like patting on the legs. That's a very First beat-keeping place It's yes. padding on the legs. Also, bending at the knee, mm-hmm. bouncing like like a little toddler might. Right. Right? Tapping your head. Jumping is something that always happens. Yes. But it's hard for them to keep up on to the beat. To keep the beat, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keeping a beat on two different places right. is uh, something that Fire Robin really Stresses, yeah, like keeping it here and there, here, there, here, there. Here. Yeah, I'm tapping my wrist and in, inside of my elbow, wrist, elbow, wrist, elbow, right? Um, so you got to give them a lot of those ideas because right. you, you have to
0: show them for a couple of lessons yes. before you attempt to have a student. Because if
1: you piece. just say, okay, we're following you, you're gonna if get they're gonna
0: freeze all
1: kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, and frankly, if that starts happening where I have like two three kids in a row who are not on beat and are right. just doing craziness, then we don't there's no point. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, something that I do a lot again with the Kinner and First and yeah, earlier grades with beat keeping is is also to use an instrument, but the same concept, but using an instrument. So any instrument that I have enough for a whole class set, that it's not too loud for them all to do. Mm-hmm. So I have a class set of egg shakers, I have a class set of rhythm sticks, I have a class set of jingle bells. Yes. Um, and then this is often where I pull in the holiday themed things. Yes. So for example, at Halloween, I had the kindergartners keeping the beat to Monster Mash, and Thanksgiving, I had them keeping the beat to Turkey in the Straw. And Although, you did this with
1: instruments. Yeah. What I did instrument a, did you use? I actually. I
0: use sticks for both of those Okay. Um, because with sticks, there's are so many different ways to, to to keep a beat. And again, this is something that I give them a vocabulary of, of. There's tapping, there's scraping, and I show them actually how to scrape with a beat. You can hammer them. You can tap the floor, tap all the different parts of your body. Um, can I
1: ask, especially like when yeah. I'm thinking about Monster Mash because right. it's playing in my head now. Yeah. Do you go with the macro beat or the micro beat? And do you talk about the big beat and the little beat?
0: Da, da, da. Okay, now I'm thinking it in my head. I mean, yeah. this would be... No, I don't talk about it. Okay. And I mean, this is specifically kindergarten. Yeah. Um, No, I don't talk about it, but I definitely go with the micro beat. Um, I will say when I did Turkey in the Straw, that one beat-wise, and this would be a good time to talk about tempo.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The tempo of that one wasn't great, the recording that I happened to find of Turkey in the Straw. It's a little slow. It's a little too slow. Mm-hmm. And so the suggested tempo, is, as we learned from John Fire Robin... Is
1: 120 and 120 higher. 120
0: or higher. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it because it's holiday. You know, it, it fits the theme of the lesson, and I did, and it was fun. And then you
1: see. But then I saw immediately that, yeah. that they
0: struggled. So it was funny because right before Thanksgiving break, I was doing my lesson plans for when we come back. And, you know, I'm going to be doing, you know, not necessarily holiday, but kind of that, like, sleigh ride, jingle bells kind of horse thing. Theme with kindergarten. Yes. And I was just looking for like the most perfect, you know, sleigh ride I could find. And you have one like well, right here. Yeah, I was going
1: to play. <laughs> now, I have used a Leroy Anderson for things and it's too fast right. for some things. Right. But, well, and this is just because I grew up with it. Whereas right. it? here it comes. Um, only a few seconds. Whoops. Is it playing? Yes, it is playing. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. And with this, it's pretty good with a microbeat
0: yes
1: and with the little kids and that's johnny mathis yes that's johnny mathis ride. and with the little kids i do have a um like it's i guess it's kind of creative movement where we're um, playing the beat they use jingles uh-huh and i adapted this particular listening lesson from brent galt okay who is just fantastic he, does, he yeah, actually has a book He has a book, has of, a listening book of listening lessons yeah this might be in it
0: We'll be sure to link.
1: Yeah, but um, so I do a modified version of what he's done, and uh, they have jingles, the the jingle clusters. Uh Because I've got a class set of jingle clusters. Yeah. You know, Um, and then we're tapping the beat in different places. Right. But then when we giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, we gallop.
0: Oh yeah. So then they're moving around. And so they're moving. Incorporating both. Right.
1: And so and then there's like um, some form things that we don't really call attention to. Yeah. But you know, whenever you do any kind of movement. You are actually also teaching form, oh, right? Because we're associating. All
0: these things are intertwined.
1: Every time we hear "Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go," we're we're galloping around the room. Yeah. it's that same part of that music, right? We do the same movement there.
0: I also want to put a shout-out to a pentatonic sleigh ride because that one's really fun, too. And I'm a big pentatonics fan. Um, their recording of sleigh ride is super fun, too, if you're looking for one. You know, I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, it's cute. It's about the same tempo. So it, it? it's just a little bit more of a contemporary version, I guess you would say. Right. Um, for the older kids, Now, I do
1: like use that. the Leroy Anderson with the older kids yeah. on some movement things. Right. But um, I've made the mistake in the past, and I think this is on a blog post sometime. I, I, One of my blogs from very long ago where uh, I do different rhythms with Christmas-themed foam. Yeah. And um, then I have kids do like a a rhythm carousel Uh where they have those uh, four beats of foam. And then, you know, they chant that. And then they move for the next four beats. They move to the next rhythm. Right. And then they chant that. Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride, not so good. It's really fast, especially if you're doing 16th note rhythms. Right. It's not happening very well. So
0: I guess the whole point, to bring it back, is just be very intentional about your tempos of your songs. Can I want to mention something else about the beat keeping that I had a little aha moment. Oh, yes. Um, Rather than having a student in the middle be the beat leader or whatever, whether we're doing instruments or movement, I have all of them standing or sitting in a circle, depending on what we're doing. And I grabbed a flashlight and I would shine the flashlight just like in the floor space in front of one kid and that oh. kid's the leader. So I'm choosing who the leader is, uh-huh. which kind of allows you to front load a little bit. So yeah. like those kids that you know are going to be really solid with the beat, I would go to them first. But then it was... Then so what, do you
1: shine the flashlight? I don't light. shine
0: the flashlight on the kid. Uh-huh. I shine the flashlight, I'm like right behind them and I'm shining it on the floor right in oh, front of that kid. Oh, good. And I've done this with older students with drumming activities, too. Like, anytime I want someone to improvise or be a leader in Ooh. any way, it's just, this is a little early work smarter, not harder teacher tip, I that's guess. That's nice. I had this flashlight at my desk, and all of a sudden I thought, well, how great to have like a nonverbal cue in something that doesn't make noise that's visual. Although I do like your vibra-slap, or whatever you call that. Yeah. That's cute, too. But just an idea, instead of shouting out a kid's name or, you know. Tyler, take it. Yeah. No, yeah. because I don't like shouting over the music. No. It's not good for your voice. No. So if you've got a little flashlight, you can just shine it. Just on make the floor. sure you keep
1: it out of their eyes. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and it happened to be the black light flashlight that I used for my escape room activity. Whoa. <laughs> Tying into the escape room thing too. But no, I just I happened to have it out of my desk because I was using it with the older kids and I thought, Oh, it's like super bright. So yeah, make sure you put it on the floor, not in the <laughs> kids' eyes okay but it worked
1: really well um other creative movement things that we can talk about um well i'm gonna bring in a, a resource or someone you should know yeah. sana longden yes who is uh hails from chicago and she um is just has so many fantastic books and cds and she does workshops all over the place and if you uh-huh. ever get to see sana You really have to do it. And she really specializes in multicultural dances. And um, she's just gold. Right. And, like, I'm sure you probably know that to experience and do the dance yourself rather than read about it or watch a video is just so, such a valuable experience because that's how you're going to really, I mean, we're talking about movement. you got to be able to do the thing before you expect the kids to do the thing. So um, something that I've done that I got from Sana... Was um, just African. Um, I think she, I think the piece is called, I want to say it's called Bongo, but yeah, but I think it's that's like right. a high life recording and mm-hmm. it's just, it's really just very free movement.
0: A great one for beat keeping. Too. Yeah,
1: and yeah. I'm fortunate to have drummed for it and also taken some classes in West African dance, so I, I know some basic movements mm-hmm. that are culturally appropriate from what I understand. Yeah. So I, I teach them a couple of those things, right. but then we do, and this is for older students, I've done right. this with fourth grade. Um, and in fourth grade's a great age to do it because it's before they're way too self-conscious right. to do it right. because it really is a, um, you know, to move in this way and lead other kids to do that it really takes just not really caring about your self-image. Right. So you got to approach this with um, you, the teacher, being the one who leads a couple of times right. before you ask them to do it. Yeah. But um, some creative movement that I've done is with Sana Longden's African High Life Dance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, now let's talk about some of our organized movement and dance things. And we're going to specifically give some ideas for winter or even holiday things since we're coming upon that time of year. Exactly. And it's a great time to be moving and dancing in the music room because they have inside recess and it's cold outside. And we're drinking way too much hot chocolate. Yeah, we got to keep moving.
1: Calorie burn, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about a few of our favorites. Okay. And we've got. You know, I, I really think it's important to to give sources and credit where you can. Yes. So I'm gonna do my best, but it's I've got some things in my brain that I no longer remember where they came from. right. So,
0: so we might not be able to speak to them now, but we'll be sure to make the show notes. Detailed as possible.
1: Exactly. Okay. So we talked about sleigh ride, and yeah, um, and I will say that I know I got that from my level one teacher Joe Kirk. Okay. Where you have the jingle clusters, and you're just tapping the microbeats in different areas during yeah. the verses. Just hear those sleigh bells, right? Right. But then every time we giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. They have the instrument with them. And they are they have their um, hands just uh, on their hips and they're giddy upping mm-hmm. around the room, and that's pretty much it. For every verse, we're standing and we're keeping the micro beat. And then for every um, giddy-up, giddy-up, giddy-up course, we're galloping around the room. So it's very simple, but it's perfect for kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. Um, Something else I like to do with that is then I do show them A performance of Leroy Anderson's sleigh ride Mm -hmm. on Dave Letterman's late show, late night show, um, because you can see it's like a military band performing it. Oh,
0: okay. And you see
1: the guy with a slapstick.
0: Yeah. And you
1: see like the jingles. Yes. So it's really cool for them to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put a link to that video. Cool. All right, give us another.
0: So, um, well, let's talk about the nutcracker. Let's I mean, talk there, about the there's nutcracker. a gazillion things to do. Oh my we gosh, with we could do
1: a whole show on the nutcracker. All right,
0: but we won't. But we
1: won't
0: <laughs> um, but one of my favorites to do again with the younger students, I like to do March and Tanya and I were just comparing that we do. Comparing different things. marches. Yeah, yeah. I mean everybody does different things. And so for mine. You know, it's really just listening for the form, and we will do a whole episode about form later. But these are things you can do. They're just so
1: intertwined. Yeah,
0: movement and form go really well together. So, anyways, for for the A, you know, when they're when it's the da 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 da, we're marching, and then when it gets to the da 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 da, I tell them that's when you're galloping on your on your you know stick horses or whatever, and then when it gets to that middle section, that da 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 da, trying to sing you know, that's not very section. pretty. But you see what I'm saying? Um, that's when they're the mouse and they're creeping around the room. So again, just really simple, big things just to get them listening for the different sections of music. And yes. I'm not even talking about A, B, C at this time. It's just getting their ears perked up Right. for those This things.
1: is the mouse running around music. Yeah. This is the marching exactly. music. But this you do
0: like... something even more organized, right? Uh-huh. And, and I don't I know mean... if it's worth talking about. Maybe it's a video thing. It's, I think
1: it's a video thing. Yeah. But, um, and I honestly think that I might have gotten it from on Fire Robin. I really don't. I really don't know. Oh. Um. But it's this stomp pat 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 clap clap snap stomp
0: pat 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 yeah. clap Yeah. for make older a, kids. Yes. because that's more complicated. It is a
1: little more complicated. Yeah. And I do tie it to forms, and right. so we say when you hear the A section, we do this. When we hear the B section, we do that. And yeah, um, yeah, that's always a lot of fun, and it really gets them moving. Yeah. Totally. um Other Nutcracker things that you do.
0: Um. Oh gosh, I mean that's really the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do listening things with Nutcracker, but I would say movement-wise, that's probably the most. I have done a thing with Tray Pack where every time there's like an accent, you mm-hmm. know, um, they have to jump. You know, oh, I mean, just something. Simple I do the like parachute that. with Tray. Pack. Oh well, they, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, there's lots where of you do big snaps on yeah. the accents, and
1: yes. that's a lot of fun. Um, with the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, I have a play along. Um, this is like. I have a very modest teacher pay teacher store, but this is one thing that that I'm particularly like fond of that's in my store. Um, And it's a nutcracker, this play along, and we play on the triangles. Right. We play the the rhythm, and well first we speak and chant the rhythm, then we tap it, then we play it on our triangles, and then during the middle section where it's, you know, there's no discernible beat. They fly around like snowflakes. Right. Right. And then they have to be back in their spot to get that triangle yeah. to play the A section again.
0: You know, I just have to say, I think the theme that keeps popping up with everything we're saying here is that the movement is so incorporated into form, into mm-hmm. listening, into instruments. Yes. That we don't just do movement for movement's sake, you and I.
1: Uh, that no. it's really
0: attached to other things. I just felt like it was worth
1: No, repeating. that's totally worth saying. Yeah. And then, like, here's... Here's a perfect example of something that is different from mu- different music philosophies. Yeah. Is that Adele Crows inspired teacher would say that the body is your first instrument. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Whereas in the Kodai world, definitely the voice is right. the first instrument. Right. Right.
0: And we use movement and dance to support all these other things right. that are already going on.
1: Yes. It's just a it, different way of thinking. It is totally. And okay. it's just... Yeah, a difference of philosophies, Moving but on. it's a yeah. beautiful thing when you have um, the movement going on and connected to all of these. And boy, they really have to be listening.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another holiday favorite is the Jingle Bell Dance, yes, which we both learned from Sana Longden as well, correct?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah, and um, there's lots of you know obviously recordings, but the one that I'm fond of is the Dolly Parton recording. Well, I me believe too. Of the same. And
1: we were trying to figure out where we got that idea, when and I, told us that I'm i pretty sure it's Susan Brumfield. Probably. That I think she mentioned it or something. But it's just
0: a really fun upbeat recording, and at the end she says, "Whoa, well, let's do it again!" Yeah. And it's just so cute, the and kids it's love super it. short. It's like yeah.
1: two minutes and 30 seconds or something do
0: you know just so we can point off the top of your head do you know which of sana's books or resources is that the same as the heel and toe polka no it's not it's different okay that's where i get confused the heel and toe polka is also a very good dance yes it but is it's not the same it's as actually the a little more
1: dance. complicated than the jingle bell dance. right
0: so the jingle bell dance is in one of her books and it's actually listed as jingle bell dance correct I can um, see it in my brain, but of course, I don't have the book in front of me because it's Thanksgiving break, and I didn't look remember here. to bring anything home. Um, right. So Sana, is,
1: when you look at her um, recordings and books, she's got one that's called One and one that's called One and half. a Half. Yeah, and yeah. she always
0: tells the story of how that came to be. It was yes. kind of like just the way her materials evolved. Well, if you can't find it right away, Tanya, that's okay. We right. can. We'll link well, to it.
1: We will definitely link to that. Yeah. But... Uh, I think. Oh, look! Here's one and a half. It's not. Oops.
0: Something's playing. That's not
1: the thing. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll we'll find it. And um. There we go. Yes, Jingle Bells is oh, in one and a half. It's on
0: one and a half. Good job, Tanya.
1: Yes. Yes,
0: and she does have music on the recording that you can do it with, but. Both of us tend to prefer the Dolly Parton
1: one. But I will tell you that on this same record and book, One and a Half, she also has this recording of Sasha that I prefer. Yes. Because I've heard, um, I know that... The New England Dancing Masters, the the Amadons have a version of Sasha, and I know that there's also another recording of Sasha in the rhythmically moving series. I've got all three, right? And I I really think that Sana's is, is the most authentic it's version. The best. Yeah, and I mean I love the rhythmically moving stuff, but there those recordings are a tad homogenized. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely. say. So when you can find a really good recording of something, yeah. especially when you're talking about another culture, that's always the best thing. So
0: and Sana's very good about that. She is
1: very recordings. deliberate. You can hear the cracks and, and the, the scratches on the yeah. vinyl. It's it's cool.
0: And this recording, one and a half, also has Troika on it. So should we talk about Troika? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, and it also has um oh, Hanukkah. oh Oh, and that's a fun one.
0: Yeah. So Troika is, you know, the sleigh. It's mm-hmm. about the sleigh. From Russia, and it's a really, really fun organized dance. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. This no. one is definitely for older students. Yes, and um, but it's really fun. I've actually done Troika many times on programs with mm-hmm. older students. You know,
1: I do know music teachers who, who do Troika with younger kids.
0: I can't And imagine. I'm like,
1: that's impressive. I mean,
0: it kind of goes back to like, you want to save some of these things for yes. your older students. I definitely
1: do Troika with the older kids, and yeah. I have to to say right now that um, about a week ago, I did an in-service. With some music teachers and some PE teachers,
0: and they threw a fit about this one (laughs) too.
1: This was one that it was very, it was fascinating because I had some some grown up PE teachers who did not like the idea of taking hands. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Even though you didn't say hold hands Did you say join hands said, like we did with the kids connect hands, <laughs> connect hands And they still didn't want to do it um,
1: You know what they were all so good natured uh, And like they did everything It was, it was just was a little just,
0: bit out of their, their norm It was out
1: of their comfort zone and I understand why that happens But
0: Because music and dance really It's funny how it's evolved because when I Think about it when I was a kid in elementary School we did square dancing and we did Movement and dance in PE mm-hmm. And now it's really become in the music Teacher's realm sometimes I know I hear about music teachers and PE teachers who combine. Yeah. And I've done that, too. My teacher and I, we do some things together. But oftentimes, I think, you know, the PE teachers, they've kind of shied away from it. Right. And And it's become our thing.
1: Yeah. So this was really eye-opening to me because a lot of them hadn't been doing, and this is um, elementary and middle school PE teachers, along with the elementary music teachers who were all it was very interesting because i could tell right away who was who who was who um but they were so good natured about Uh, it and they did end up but i want to say troika was one that they were like
0: oh man you know it's tiring it is tiring yeah there's it's a lot of moving it's a lot i mean i want to say running but there's a lot of quick change or i didn't
1: use the word prancing in in service (laughs) but you can't um, say
0: prancing with middle schoolers
1: well, they were middle school uh, teachers. That's but
0: they same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just kidding. They were great.
0: Love the middle school teachers. Yes. Um. Anyways, so that's one that um is on Sana's resource. I know Troika is also in rhythmically moving too. Yes. Right. The Y card. So mm-hmm. you there's know you have multiple there. sources for that one.
1: Yes, and there's ways that you can modify it, and make it easier. Um, it's. The troika is like three kids standing shoulder to shoulder and connecting hands.
0: Connecting hands. And
1: uh, there's a version where you can do it where the middle person changes groups. Yeah. And there's a version where you can, I mean, if that's too much, you can always have like the trio remain the same people right. each time. Right. You know, it's it I think over. when I
0: did it for the program, I did have them stay with the same trio the whole time that's, just to yeah. simplify it.
1: Because otherwise it'd be like, where it do was, I go?
0: Yeah. 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 But in your class, if you want to up the ante, so to speak, mm-hmm. you could do that.
1: Um, and then I'm also looking now that I brought this album up, because Sana has this really fun, here comes Santa Claus in a red canoe oh, wow. that you really just have to get from her. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fun. Uh,
0: can we say how much we love Sana? Yeah,
1: so we <laughs> and just, her material. She's gold. She um, so she also has um, oh Hanukkah, and there's a fun circle dance with that. And she also has videos and DVDs. Yeah, which which is great if you are able to play those things anymore. Right, videos and DVDs. Right. This is kind of something that I've noticed has been more and more of a problem. Is some of these resources that we love and use all the time on CDs, on DVD CDs, players. on DVD players, and. Uh, Yeah, not everything
0: is digitalized, right?
1: Um, Also, when in doubt of any of these things, it's worth it to look it up on YouTube. Sure, and sometimes you find classes uh, doing these things and really well, and and you can tell pretty quickly whether or not it's worth your time to. To use and that. just
0: there's different versions of things out there. People modify things, you uh-huh. know, as they should for their own students. But it's also good to make sure you're aware of kind of where it comes from,
1: right? And original. and it's also okay to show the kids. I was yeah. doing with fourth grade. I did the the simple square from um, the New England Dance Masters. Yeah, the um, Golden Slippers song. Yes, yeah. So it's a it's a simple square dance. And this is the first time they've ever done a square dance. Yeah. Because I don't do a lot of, like, legit square dancing. Right. And I found this uh, video recording in gym with sixth graders. Yeah. And for a long while, the camera is all on this set, this square of sixth grade boys.
0: Oh, nice. Who
1: are doing a great job.
0: And so it's a great example. And so it's a
1: great example to show the kids, especially the boys who might be a little more, like... Um, I, I'm a boy I shouldn't be doing this kind of thing to show these sixth grade boys yeah you know doing it really well.
0: I saw something pop up recently and I don't know where it was but we'll try to find it now that I'm thinking of it and it was an aerial shot of sachet the Donut Oh, have you seen this? No. And it's a group of students, and they're doing it outside, and Ooh. it's a huge donut. So you know, Sasha the Donuts from New England Dancing Masters—they mm-hmm, the have the book. book called yeah, Sasha the donut. donut. But that one is really hard for the kids to visualize, and mm-hmm. so I thought I haven't shown it to my students, but I thought if and when I'm teaching that dance. I might show that to them because then they can really visualize what's going on where the students are sacheting through the donut. Right. But it takes a long time for them to get through that donut because it's a big one. But anyways, we'll see if we can find that video. Yeah, so
1: watching videos is always good of these things. Yeah. Also if you look on um, some blogs there's some good things. Our friend Amy Abbott has a really fun dance to Deck the Halls. Uh-huh. And it's actually um Deck the Rooftops because it's a mashup between Deck the Halls and Up on the House, Up on the Rooftop. Right. And it's a glee. Do we remember oh, right, glee? Right, right. Is glee too past that people don't remember glee anymore? I don't know,
0: whatever. Anyway. I was just listening to a glee thing the other day. Anyway, it's, it's a, a very time.
1: fun, you know. Recording to here, and there is a long way set dance that um, I think Amy made it up. Yeah, of deck the hall, deck the rooftops, because right. it's like up on the house, up on the rooftop, up on the housetop, deck the halls all mashed together, and yes. and it's a lot of fun. And she describes it really well that you can really read her description yeah. and be able to go to town with it. And it's fast moving. Yeah, um, Not great a good for, one older, for kids. older kids. Yeah. yeah, for younger kids, and this is another one that I originally got from. Brent Galt mm-hmm. is skating. Yeah. Charlie Brown from a Charlie Brown Christmas. And the song Skating, it's all instrumental and it's called that because in a Charlie Brown Christmas, Snoopy is skating all over the pond to this yes. song, right? So, um, that's something that I do a little bit more creative movement where we're really are acting like we're skating. Brent does something with pretending that you are a balloon and you're um, being blown uh, right. but you're anchored to something um but i just took it to
0: to, to have the a actual literal skating literal yeah, skating yeah. because it's
1: interesting when i tried to do it out of season yeah with this balloon concept because it wouldn't be like what, this is a christmas song yeah
0: they recognized they it do. from charlie brown so
1: i just thought you know what i believe i feel like it's a christmas song too i'm just going to leave it in that christmas time or winter time
0: have you ever had them do the paper plate thing where they put their feet on paper plates i have not have you heard of this
1: i have heard of this but i haven't done it because <sighs> I don't know why I haven't done it. I just haven't done it. Have you done it?
0: I don't know that I have maybe I've done it once. I'm trying Does to Does the sound bug? I don't know. Maybe we need to experiment with this. And maybe. See how it goes. Um, yeah, where you have the kids just standing on paper and I keep and it imagining helps them
1: slide. all this scraping around. I over guess the it music. depends on
0: your floor. And I mean, I, I'm thinking in my class, because I have sit spots, that might be a problem.
1: Right. And I've got some staff lines with Velcro. Yeah. I'm like, is my staff maybe lines. Maybe we can come encourage on? them
0: to avoid it. I don't know. I'm just thinking it would help with that movement of the gliding. Because, you know, it's hard to skate on carpet.
1: It is hard to skate yeah, on carpet.
0: But I'm just thinking maybe we'll try it.
1: That would be good. You back to us.
0: This might be a good time just to mention the whole to use props or to not use props mm-hmm. for movement. I mean, this definitely goes back to the creative thing, but you know, there's lots of debate about you know allowing students to have a scarf or paper plates on their feet or you know ribbon wands. Mm-hmm. Any of those kind of movement props helps you know lower the inhibitions and allows them to. However, focus on the thing. I do
1: know some people uh, who in their orth training have had movement teachers who have said. When you use props, that is um, not good because you want them to use their body, use their whole body. Yeah. And that's a crutch. Exactly.
0: I think my personal philosophy has always been the first time we do something, we do it just with our body. Mm -hmm. And then the second time, we might incorporate. Um, the scarf or the whatever. That makes sense. So they've had an opportunity to do both. And then it changes the activity. So you're not just doing the same activity twice in the same way. Sure. You change it up. Yeah, I'm
1: all for novelty. Yeah. If the novelty brings them in, I'm all for it. And I am not such a, like, my philosophy of music is not so much that I don't want to use the props. Yeah. Because I don't do enough movement to really insist that kids are, you know, keeping exactly. to extremely creative and i mean i understand where people are coming from though when yeah. they're doing that yeah yeah
0: i mean i do it both ways
1: i like scarves
0: yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with the scarves no
1: now of course there are several other movement things that we have not even talked about especially dances because i've got So many dances that I use at certain times of the year. Yeah. But we really wanted to make sure we gave a shout out to some awesome, fantastic, solid resources. Uh Right. So we've mentioned New England Dance Masters, also known as the Uh Amadons, and all of their books are gold. Yes. If I had to pick a favorite, I would say um, start with Chimes of Dunkirk.
0: Yeah, that's definitely my favorite. And then like
1: as a second, Sashay the Donut okay or listen to the mockingbird is my other favorite okay listen to the mockingbird too um <laughs> hard to pick they're all so they're picked. all so worth having Yes, right uh sana longden we mentioned before
0: yes all of it
1: all of it She's <laughs> but one
0: and a half obviously one and, and a half we're, is a we're really one. excited about
1: yes um also i know that other i don't have any marion Mer- marion Mer- 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 lively materials is it Mary and Lo- I don't have any of those, I'm but I know with those. I know people who just love those materials. Yeah, rhythmically moving. Yeah, the rhythmically Mo- moving series by Phyllis Weichart. And for um, our younger listeners, go digging through cabinets. There might be some yes. rhythmically moving CDs or even I records. I have them on tape. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I have some on vinyl.
0: tape. Yeah. That's one of my projects is to transfer them all over digitally. Right. That's a long project. And I really don't
1: know. You'd have to look at a place like West Music to see if these things are available um, as MP3s. Yeah. But rhythmically moving, solid stuff. I will say with rhythmically moving, like we've talked about, that if you can find a better recording, some of the recordings I'm not... Thrilled with right to move to. It but is the, true. The but, movement stuff is great,
0: and it sometimes can be hard to read the text too. Like her yeah. teaching movement and whatever. I can't remember the exact name of the book. I'm uh, thinking of a blue rhythmically book. Rhythmically move like no. There's. There's another. There's a book. huge
1: spiral-bound book that's got all of the dances. Okay, so from maybe the whole mine's series. an
0: older version because it's not spiral. There's something, and it's like, I've, well, I just feel like in general, because she's coming at it from a different lens, hers her can be a little hard to read the the dance instructions.
1: Yeah, feels way you You got to get into that mode of reading her yeah. her stuff, and, and
0: that would be a good one to look to see if you can find videos and of other people doing
1: it. It should go without saying, but I'll just say it anyway make sure you yourself have gone through it before you get in front of kids yeah, you've you got to know, know it, cold. it really
0: well yes. absolutely um I also want to give a shout out to the shenanigans recording yes the recordings um, are yeah great. there's there's um kind of one classic one is it just called the shenanigans I can't remember now think off the top so. of my head and that's also
1: where you'll find highway number one
0: yes which uh, is... And is that one on there oh no I might be thinking of a different one there's the one that has Fiasco on it
1: yes. I okay. think it's the same Oh, okay. One. That's um, on Spotify.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that. Their whole album is on Spotify, so that's a really great resource to have. Yes, and
1: we will put all of these links in our show notes, which can be found on um, Tanya Teaching Music, Kodai Aspiring blog.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll link to it from the Facebook and the Instagram and, you know, yes. all and the Yes, and we places. are not being
1: endorsed by any of these people. No. We just love these resources.
0: Yep. And now it's time for our Work Smarter, Not Harder Teacher tip. I already threw in my flashlight tip earlier. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to let That's Tanya great. take this one.
1: Okay. Um, I, um, yeah, I think that this is goes along with all of our dance talk is yeah. when you use these recordings, well, first of all, make a playlist. Yes. And um, I know a lot of people are using Spotify, mm-hmm. and a lot of these things are available on Spotify. And if you do make a playlist on Spotify... Download your playlist um, so that you have access to it. And you're not
0: being required to stream it. And
1: you're not being required to stream it because this happened to me when I was doing this dance workshop the other day. Yeah. Is um, I could not get on Spotify. And there's something going on in my particular music room where I can't get on Spotify at all. Oh. And I know I've learned that I'm pretty old school, that I still have music like on my hard drive. Yeah. And I still have CDs. Sure. Um, and while that takes up a lot of space, it has saved me more times than I can count because you can't rely on streaming all the time. You right. You just really cannot. It's true. Um, I know that the powers that be, the internet powers that be, would like to have us believe that... We're all on the internet like 24-7, and you always have access, and it's not true. Right. I have things go down all the time.
0: Yeah, but even on Spotify, you can save things to your actual device. I believe then so. And you've got it. Yeah. And then you've got yeah.
1: it. Yeah. We have reached our CODA section where we talk about something we've been enjoying in or out of the music classroom or professional or personal recommendations. Yeah. What do you have for us, Carrie?
0: Well, much to <laughs> Tanya's chagrin, Is that the phrase I'm looking for? Yeah. I have started listening to Christmas music, <sighs> yeah. and it's not even Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. You know, every year I say I'm not going to, and then I cave. Because yeah, yeah. I figure, you know, Thanksgiving week, I'm okay. starting to decorate all right. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> the Christmas albums, albums, plural, that I'm really enjoying are by the band She and Him, oh. which is the duo with Zoe Deschanel yes. and some guy whose name I don't know, and I'm oh. sorry to that guy. I should not know no, his name. No, he's
1: an alternative biggie. Like, I know. Indie, yeah, I can't remember I know, remember and, and I just can't remember his name. Really? It's, I mean, no, I... I remember, didn't they put out a record, a Christmas record?
0: They have two Christmas records, so that's what I'm recommending. Oh, two? So one wow. is called Christmas Party, and the other is called A Very She and Him Christmas. And I just absolutely love to put this music Don't on. Don't you just kind of hate
1: Zoe Deschanel for, like, having too much talent?
0: She's too cute and
1: perfect. I know. She's I already agree. your no, I'm a big pixie dream girl prototype.
0: I know. I'm a big new girl fan. I love that show. I love, like, oh, her dress okay. style. I do. Uh, yeah. So this is at my... So anyways, it's very kind of retro sounding, you know, very like 1960s Christmas cocktail party yes. kind of vibe.
1: I'm I'm all down for the Christmas cocktail yeah. party music. Oh,
0: and I love it. So it's just, it's like just lovely and lighthearted and yeah. So it's my favorite holiday listening. All right. So for those of you who like to listen to Christmas music. I like
1: Christmas music. I'm just, I'm one of those. You weren't ready
0: yet. You're a purist.
1: I'm Yeah. I like to say nothing Christmas till December 1st.
0: Oh gosh, and with Thanksgiving being so early, how are you not going to cave?
1: I don't know. This I, might be the year you we came. will decorate like the day after will deck Thanksgiving. The halls. <laughs> we will decorate. We will decorate the halls, yeah, because there's no time. Right. Once exactly. school starts up again, you got to right. do it.
0: Right. You no, know, I'm. I'm. I love Christmas, and I think it's you know having children. It just changes yeah, everything too. That's true. So, anyways, that's my recommendation. Okay. Uh, she and him.
1: Okay. Um, And Tanya, what's yours? Well, mine is something that I have been using in the classroom, um, but I like just on its own, is um, I want to recommend, generally, Harry Belafonte. Well, yeah. Of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Harry Belafonte was like a mainstay, something, like, we listened to him a lot when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. One of the first concerts I ever saw was Harry Belafonte downtown. Yeah. At Betcher Concert Hall in Denver. Cool. And um, he's just... It's fantastic he's got a Christmas album as well oh. but so Harry Belafonte if you're not familiar the banana boat song right. Dale yes that's Harry Belafonte yeah well um, just this past week when we were uh, coming out of school and getting into Thanksgiving break I had an odd day that I you know i wanted my lessons to line up and so i call those in my realm like a practice day right so i don't want like one third grade class for example to get ahead of another third grade class and so we just kind of do something extra yeah and so one of the extra things that we did during this class is we were playing doing a play along to the banana boat song off of Musication. Have we talked about Musication?
0: We might have mentioned it briefly, I'm sure a lot of people use
1: that. It's uh, boom-whacker play-alongs, percussion play-alongs. Yeah,
0: it's a YouTube station. A
1: YouTube station, yes.
0: Really great for your no-voice days Mm -hmm. or just for those extra fun days that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, um, anyway, we did the Banana Boat song, but I wanted the kids to have heard it, like, from Harry Belafonte. Sure, yeah. And... It, they really love the song and a lot yeah. of them are familiar with it from Beetlejuice and a lot of them are just familiar with it because it's still you know, you somewhat in our around. culture. Yeah. But we listen to it, we move to it, the original Harry Belafonte, and then we play the boomwhacker version, yeah. which of course doesn't have him singing, but the little conductor is a little tiny Harry Belafonte. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You
0: want them to appreciate that. But
1: the other good thing about this is that we talk about the lyrics and it is really not often that kids... Um, are exposed to lyrics in pop music. Not that this is really pop music any longer, but they're not really exposed to lyrics that are within different themes, right? Right. A lot of the songs on Top 40, um, I don't know, go along with love, relationships type of thing. Anyway. Not
0: picking bananas.
1: Right. But this song (laughs) we talk about, like this song is actually a very serious song because he's been working all night yeah. And he wants the tallyman, the guy who counts, to come count all the bananas. Yeah. But it's also a little sinister because we talk about how the singer of the song may or may not be alive. Oh. Because there's a black tarantula.
0: Oh, this is true.
1: Right. So this might be one of those, like, I don't know, last, like, our my last thoughts were... I've been working all night. I want to go home. I see daylight. I want to go home. Oh. Yeah. I've
0: never thought of it that way. Well, wow. We dark. don't know for sure. Oh, well, In the sure.
1: song lyrics, you don't hear that for sure. No, 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 no. no. I do not mean. But this comes up when okay. we talk about the lyrics, right? <laughs> um <laughs> Is that like too much for a 3rd grade?
0: I don't know. No. No. Know your audience. Know your audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's a fantastic song and then Additionally, Harry Belafonte and the Muppets did a fantastic, like on the Muppet show, a little banana boat song reenactment that we see at the end. So it's very lighthearted and very funny. And Fozzie Bear is the tally man. And there's like Gonzo who keeps coming in with not bananas, but coconuts or oranges or whatever. And um, it's just really, it's fun and funny, especially if you need to lighten the mood after talking about how how it could be a very, um, you know, serious Situation.
0: So you'll link to the Muppet video. I'll and link, to also musication, link to the music I'll
1: just link to the Muppet video. Yeah. I'll link to Harry Belafonte playlists All or the whatever. Things. Yes, he's fantastic.
0: We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk.
1: Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring blog. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast.
0: In our next episode, we'll be talking about creating traditions within your school and school community. And until next time, this is Carrie
1: And this is Tanya, wishing you happy musicking.